Hey mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations, you know it all. Thanks so much for stopping by this Thursday. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. There's something about um, letting go and giving up control that is important. Um, Last week, or uh, maybe like a week ago, I was uh, at small group with my church people, and they were saying, what is God telling you you either need to, to start doing or to stop doing? And I said, based off of everything of this year, He's kind of telling me two things. One, to start letting go uh, and stop trying to control everything and trust that I have your life, I have your family's life in my hands. And that is a hard lesson for me. Um, Maybe you can relate, but uh, as mamas, we want to control a lot of aspects. We want to make sure our kids are good, that they're learning what they need to learn, that they're doing what they're supposed to do, and that they're happy, healthy, safe, and um, taken care of. So with that lesson, um, that, you know, stop trying to control everything and start letting go and trusting God, um, I've seen some beautiful things happen along this year, but it's also been a, a challenging year and a year full of of growth and faith. And um, as this year continues, and as I'm getting ready to have this baby, I really see that need to let go of control of this and um, to just kind of share some more of my experience. And I hope that you can relate to it because it is really hard to, to let go of control of certain things. And I think it's a lesson I needed um, in literally every single aspect of my life, in my marriage, in, when it comes to my children, when it comes to um, even just like life decisions, like make the decision and let go. Like what what is the worst that's going to happen? And even if it's the wrong decision, I was talking to my mom and she was saying, she was listening to a speaker we both like and she she said, even if you make a wrong decision, like what's the worst that's going to happen? So you quit your job or you change jobs and it's not the right fit. Or you move to a new city or a new state and you end up being miserable. You just end up having to move back. Like, do you not trust God to to handle your life even if you make the wrong decision um, and all of that? So let's get into this a little bit more because I think it's a pretty good topic. So for the past uh, week or so, maybe two weeks, um, 39 weeks pregnant, so about 36 weeks, but really at 37 weeks, um, I started trying to naturally induce labor. And this is just one aspect of the whole conversation we're about to have, but let me just share this because it's fresh on my mind. And so what I've done is I've been walking, I've been squatting, I've been crawling on the ground. I've tried sex. I've tried um, 
hot spicy foods. I've tried dates. I've tried fresh pineapple. And um, nothing is making this baby budge. I will say that because of my gestational, I do get monitored at the hospital twice a week. And they were seeing contractions and they're like, you're not feeling those? And I was like, no. Um, And they did say like, well, I think we'll see you really soon. Um, Here I am two days later, still haven't seen them, still don't think I'll see them until my induction date, which is now um, about four days away. And it's been kind of frustrating. And I think the hardest part about all of this for me is when you get to the end of your pregnancy and anyone who's pregnant can relate, the end drags and it's, it's miserable. And it's miserable for like two reasons. One, you are physically miserable. So many people say like, just soak up feeling your baby inside you. Like your baby won't be inside you much longer. And in my head, I'm like, well, thank God he won't be inside me much longer because the discomfort that comes with the end of pregnancy is just like a next level discomfort. You can't sleep. You're peeing all the time. You can barely stand up or sit up by yourself. Um, I'm rolling over all night long and then you're getting kicked and your back hurts and there's still like some pre-labor type things going on. So there's cramping and there's pressure and there's like discomfort, but it's not like real contractions. And then there's Braxton Hicks that like still like take my breath away, but aren't, aren't real contractions and aren't doing anything for me. So it's, uh, it gets frustrating. And then, you know, it's also frustrating because you're anxious to hold your baby now. Now you're like, okay, I've done it. You are fully developed. Um, Obviously, any like more time that you're like inside the baby's inside of you is good for the baby as long as you're not going too far overdue and, you know, baby size and everything is okay. Um, But it gets really, you just want to hold your baby at that point. And for me, and I'm sure this happens to everyone, um, a lot of people are having babies this year. It's 2020. COVID shook us all. And I don't think that my baby's a COVID baby. It's actually a pre-COVID baby because I got pregnant in January. Found out in February and all these things. So, <clears throat> but there are a lot of people who are pregnant right now. So, um, this it's kind of good and timely. So when you're at the end of your pregnancy, just know I remember, I relate and my my best friend, one of my best friends, just had a baby like um, a month or two ago, maybe almost two months ago. And um, at the end, she was also anxious. And every day was like, is this labor? Is this not? It's start and stop. And we would talk and she was really frustrated. And I empathized, I empathized with her because I remembered with Mia how impatient I was. And I remember with Mia crying because like somebody I knew had a baby before me and um not that it mattered but I was just due before her and I was tired of being pregnant and then I heard that she had her baby and I was like great and now um a lot of people so I'm 27 so like my age range like my my friend group is like 25 to 32 um well most of like a lot of people so a lot of people are having babies right now and It's like you see like all of their announcements and it's exciting and I'm happy for them and they're so cute and their families are so cute. But then I'm bitter because it's like, well, 
can't hold my baby yet. And <laughs> it's, it's frustrating. But um, getting back to letting go, I'm at a point now where I'm kind of going to just stop and I'm going to let go. And it's, it might disappoint my doula and I'm going to tell her this, but mentally for me, I'm at a place where, um, I've been crying a lot, a lot of hormones and I've been frustrated a lot because baby hasn't come. And the reason why I'm really, um, emotional about it, and I know it doesn't matter. I know mamas have scheduled C-sections. I know mamas who's, who've only had C-sections. I've known mamas who've only been induced. I know mamas who've only gone naturally, but um, I'm not sure if this is my last baby, but if he is, I really wanted to have this beautiful natural birth. And it's not to say that I won't have this beautiful natural birth, but to get induced just changes the way I was going to birth and um, the mood I was going to set the tone in. The initial plan, my birth plan was to go into labor, whether that meant my water broke, whether that meant contractions became regular and um, become like four or five minutes apart and I'm at home. And I was going to do a lot of things. Um, I was going to, to, to do a lot. Oh, so anyway, my intention was to labor at home and go to the hospital Um when I feel like I could not take contractions any longer and uh, have my doula come to my house and unless things were happening pretty fast and then hopefully go to the hospital pretty far dilated and um, just finish out my labor there. With an induction, everything is completely different. Um, they're gonna start my labor for me. I'm gonna be laboring in the hospital and I could go there, you know, however dilated I am right now, or on Wednesday is what's going to happen. And that's not what I wanted. My kid is screaming. I have to go check on her. So anyway, it's just letting go of control is just, it's hard. And I realized I've had, I have to let go of control in other areas of my life as well, like my marriage, like my husband's going to do what he wants to do and not in a bad way. Cause that sounds a little, uh, what I mean by that is, um, I'm a type A type of person. And when it comes to my kids or my kid, um, I like things to be done a certain way. And when I was working and Ethan was not, you know, he made her breakfast and he got her up in the morning and he did the day and it was hard for me to not be like, oh, well, you should add this for breakfast or um, why is she wearing that? And like all this other thing, all these other things. So um, part of motherhood is letting go. And I was just talking to a friend and um, she was saying like, well, she had to let go of forcing her kid to potty train right now. And honestly, they say like, your kid will be ready to potty train. And if you try to do it too soon, it'll be harder on them to actually learn. So it's best to just kind of wait till they're ready. So that's good. Um, and just everything with, with motherhood is learning to let go and to be okay. There's so many aspects, um, 
like from the very beginning, once you get pregnant, you have no control really over your body. You probably have morning sickness. I'm at a stage in my pregnancy where I'm going to have a baby in four days, um, almost three days now. And, um, my skin looks great. So like, not to be that person, but I do have a good pregnancy glow going on naturally. Looks amazing. However, that's just my face. Um, the rest of my skin, my back, my arms, uh, my stomach is breaking out into like hives almost. And it's like the response to these pregnant hormones. And literally I'm like, okay, son, it's time to exit. My body can no longer contain you. It is literally breaking down at this point. Um, it has been really hard to let go of this pregnancy of all the things that I can't control. Um, gestational diabetes and, uh, you know, the fact that I was working and now the fact that I'm having an, an induction and I think the thing that scared me the most about, everything was I didn't want to let anyone down and Ethan was like who are you letting down by having an induction and I was like well I'm letting down myself and he's like you're already setting yourself up for failure like I could get induced and still have a natural childbirth right it might go quicker honestly because it's induced we'll see um it could go longer but uh in the end what's important is that I have a happy healthy baby and right now I'm I'm focusing on that Because honestly, this pregnancy, I think it's because it's my second, I have been guilty of not really thinking about, like, holding my baby. Um, In the sense of, yeah, I can't wait to see him. And I've thought about, like, oh, it'll be so much fun to bring him home to Mia and all these other things. But I haven't really thought about, like, the moment I'm going to hold my baby, which is an incredible moment. I remember the moment I first held Mia. And um, he's going to cry. And he's going to lay on my chest and he's going to nurse. And that's a beautiful moment that I haven't really thought about. I haven't been thinking about like after labor, like I haven't been thinking about like, oh, you know what? There's things you have to do after you actually birth the baby. I've been so focused on my birth. So some advice I have for women who are pregnant, even if this is your second, third, fourth, fifth child, um, is to make sure that you look into after birth your plans and everything that's not to say I'm not prepared my breast pump station is set up Um, I have all the diaper stations set up I have like maybe four baskets that have diapers wipes baby butt cream and nursing pads in it and there's one in the bedroom there's one in the baby's room there's one in the living room or I have three and there's one in the living room and so that way whatever room I'm in whatever floor of the house I'm in, if I have to stop to nurse and I need a, 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 a pad, I can grab it. Um, also in all of those baskets, there are baby outfits. So if he has a blowout and I need to do a quick change, like he wants to nurse, but then I realize he just had a blowout and now I have to like change his outfit, like little things to prepare because I know I'm going to have two. And if I just left all of his clothes upstairs, in his bedroom that like in his nursery what happens when 
I have to run up and down the stairs all day. And I have a two-year-old. That means she's going to want to follow me up and down the stairs. Also, I really shouldn't be running up and down the stairs a whole bunch, like right after giving birth. So I've set up some stations. So yeah, good stations. Let me tell you a little bit more about my birth. I think it's like good advice. Okay, so here's how I am officially prepped for baby. I'm going to be honest, I have read no baby books this time around. Not what to expect when you're expecting, not, I don't know any other ones from off the top of my head. Um, I have them for refer, to refer to. And honestly, when Mia was born, I referred to what to expect when you're expecting. They have, or what to expect with a newborn, they have the first year. I have that one too. That's what it's called, the first year. So you can kind of read along with where you're at. So I still have that book to just refer to like, oh, we're in month one. This is what you should be doing. This is what's going on with you. Oh, there's a regression coming up. Things like that. Because I remember sleep regressions were something I was really on top of reading about, but I didn't buy the books. I, I read all online. I would be like, hmm, I feel like this is a sleep regression. Um, but in terms of preparing for a baby, this is just some advice, um, from a second time mom (laughs) and how this is before I give birth. So I'll probably have more as I learn, but set up those stations, set up those diaper stations. So you never have to think about where's, where's a diaper. Um, also have those outfits in my head, realistically speaking, I'm not going to be spending a lot of time in his nursery. There is a changing table in there, but um, if you're trying to decide between furniture and you're deciding between something like a, a dresser or a changing table, get just get the dresser because I bought a changing table for Mia, which doubled as kind of like a dresser. Super great. It's now, Mia has her own new dresser set up, but now it's in our son's room because it's just gray. So it could go to the next baby, which is smart on my part. But I rarely took her to her room to get her dressed and change her diaper on that changing table. In the beginning, I remember doing that, but as she got older, it was way easier to just like grab clothes and get her dressed wherever I was at. Um, or maybe in the morning I would go in there and change her diaper and get her dressed because her clothes were in there. But during the day, it's so much easier just to have like clothes readily available. So the way I have my house set up is in, on the main floor, there's like a powder room. In that powder room, I have, um, like a little bin that has two backup outfits for me like undergarments and everything backup outfits for me it has a washcloth and a towel um for like an immediate freshing up like necessity like if I (laughs) I can't talk if I feel like I need to like freshen up like I haven't had a chance to shower Mia woke up and wanted breakfast I feel a little funky or I'm just sweaty because you are holding a baby all day again so you're probably gonna get sweaty or like I had a letdown and now there's milk everywhere so from top to bottom, I have two outfits downstairs and I'm going to keep two outfits. So like once I use up those outfits, honey, start the laundry. Um, I also have a hamper that is in our living room for 
situations where <laughs> um someone gets dirty me mia the baby ethan usually doesn't get dirty i haven't set him up at all um he works downstairs in the basement while we're on the main floor of the house most of the day so a hamper is there once it's full or if something happens i can call my husband and he can come grab it and throw it in the wash get it clean i have baby stain remover um set up next to that hamper so that if it's a blowout i can spray it and then tell him to come get it and go ahead and wash whatever got blown up on from baby poop um i have there's a blue chair in my which is like my nursing chair so it when I, even if I don't decide to nurse there, it's like my pumping chair. It has my pump, um, and all the stuff I need for pumping and nursing in this little, um, like a basket. And then I have another basket. So I have two tables on either side of this chair, like little end tables. They're not big. One table has all my breast pump stuff. The other table has, um, the diapers, for whenever um Elliot whenever I need to change him real quick it also has some diapers of Mia's sitting up on there in case I need to change her real quick um because we are still potty training <laughs> do not judge me and then um it also has because underneath there's like a section it has another bin that has baby outfits because I know I spend a lot of the time in the main floor so it has a good amount of baby outfits um, as well as an extra like swaddle, extra burp cloths, the whole nine sitting in there. So that way, whatever I need anything, it's all on this one floor. And if I realize that going up the stairs is too much, depending on my birth, that's fine. I can stay downstairs. Um, also in my bathroom, I do have my postpartum kit set up with like, you know, pads, uh, tux pads, um, adult diapers, uh, a herbal sits bath from Earth Mama, and um, yeah, I hung up. Uh, I had I took a command hook, hung it up in our powder room, because we don't. I mean, usually we don't need that, and I put a robe in there for me, and I also put another one for the sits bath, so that I can do a sits bath on the main floor instead of having to come upstairs and do it all the time. So that's kind of how I set up my main floor. I also have like, um, maybe it has like four drawers there. It was originally full of hair and makeup products. I cleaned it out. It's like a, it has like fabric drawers that you can pull open, but it's like, um, I don't know what to call it <laughs> anyway, but it's in my bedroom and I have in there all of my loungewear for postpartum, um, like top drawers, nursing bras, and socks, and underwear, and then I have, like, matching sets of pajamas, and, like, or sweatpants that go with, like, good t-shirts, and, like, cardigans, so that I can easily, in the morning, put something like that on, put something cute like that on, and be kind of put together, so that if Amazon comes, or I order food, or if for some reason I need to answer the door, like we, our porch is still being put in, like we've had contractors knock on the door and ask to do something or whatever. I'm at least clothed and put together, even if I'm in a pajama set. So 
I've set that up. I also set it up like that so that it's like stacked with outfits. So the top and the bottoms are all together. So in an emergency, let's say my downstairs outfits are all messed up. I make my backup outfits and I need Ethan to run upstairs for me because I don't want to run upstairs. I can say, hey, can you just go get me an outfit for myself? And I won't be like, that doesn't fit or that looks weird or I don't like that shirt because it's all, most of it is new and it's all stuff I've tried on. I really like, um, and I can't wait to wear. And then I have, so like all of that is organized and together. So, and then I have another postpartum kind of situation set up in the upstairs bathroom. Um, so that I can do what I have to do wherever I have to do it. And that's kind of how I'm setting up. So that way, just to make my life as easy as possible. I already keep extra diapers on the main floor for Mia. I already keep an outfit or two downstairs for her. Um, for So that way if she paints or has lunch or does something, I can easily like change her or... Uh, if she's in pajamas and I just need her to get dressed because we're running to Target or whatever, I can change her so she's already good. So I've done all of that. I've also set up a play area in our living room because initially there was like not really a lot of toys in our living room. We had just some books of Mia's, but now I've moved her toy kitchen to the living room. There's It's like a little corner, so we have like a, a pretty big couch. Um, so I got a shelf that has bins and I put different toys in it and organized her books so that when we're hanging out, she has stuff to play with if she's not in the, in the basement, which is her main play area. So that's kind of how I've organized. So that way my kids can be entertained. Um, my advice in terms of organizing toys is honestly, um, bins 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 I use like the fabric ottoman or they're not even ottoman I don't know why I say ottoman they're like fabric bins like they're between four to ten dollars at Target and I got a shelf that holds three of them and um literally there's like some in her room there's some in the basement there's some but there's three in the living room and that way when you want to clean up toys you can throw and like I'm type A I would love to organize all her toys they were organized in their bins like puzzles Barbies other and now they're not everything is everywhere but at least at the end of the day or for me it might be like during nap time or the middle of the day when I want to like straighten up the house a little bit you can throw all the toys into the bin throw them all into the shelf and it's tucked away and out of sight and that is how I keep my sanity with the toys so that is how I cannot breathe guys I am organizing in terms of furniture just to like mention again um like just how I plan on doing my day-to-day -day life now that I have a newborn and going up and down the stairs isn't like ideal my husband luckily usually puts Mia down for lunch during his lunch break and he's still working from home at least through November so at least for a month, I got him to, hopefully longer, hopefully they reevaluate and say like, you know, not till after Christmas, but, um, 
he usually puts her down for a nap upstairs in her bed or downstairs with him and lays her on the couch that's in our basement. So she's good there. I did get her like a little mini couch that folds out. Everyone had one in the 90s. They still make one. They still make them. Got that for Mia. She loves it. If I really need her to take a nap on the main floor because of whatever reason, maybe I'm waiting for a delivery or and I need to be on the main floor and I can't be with her upstairs putting her to sleep or whatever. Um, we have that. But in terms of the baby furniture, if you're curious about that, um, most of all his furniture... I didn't have to buy any furniture for him except for the bassinet because I really wanted a co-sleeper bassinet and I did not buy a dock tot but it's like a dock tot it's called a cuddle me um and the reason I bought a cuddle me over a dock tot was the colors of the cuddle me and they're both similarly priced they're a little expensive for what you're getting honestly but because they're like giant pillows um but it'll be fine. So in terms of furniture, I don't really do pack and place. I had one I had one with Mia. I ended up taking it to our babysitter and was like, you can have this. And I gave one to my grandmother because I had two. And I was like, you can have this. I don't really need a pack and play. Um, but I do have like a little bouncer seat in the living room for the baby that I can just put him in. Um, if I've nursed him, fed him, he fell asleep and he's fine. Like throw him in that. And do whatever I have to do in the kitchen. Like if I have to do dishes or something, I can easily do it right there. Uh, and that's on the living room and the cuddle me, which can go from right now it's sitting in the bassinet, but it can literally go in the living room. He can lay on it on the couch while I sit there on the couch. If I'm not holding him, um, it can go on the floor. If I'm sitting on the floor playing with Mia and that's pretty much how I plan to, do my life while I have a toddler and a newborn. I'm also a baby wearer. Um, there are some things that are, are inconvenient and sometimes that are like, mm, I don't really feel like wearing you. But it is helpful for walks. And if you're out or if I'm just like doing some things around the house and he's not quite settled, um, baby wearing is really helpful um to like unload load the dishwasher if for some reason he doesn't want to sit in his chair he's too fussy fine I'm gonna wear him so anyway that is all my prep work for after baby there's a lot of information that you kind of look up as you it goes on like if your baby's colicky you're probably gonna look that up as you realize your baby's colicky or if your baby's going through a sleep regression or teething, like it's things you kind of Google or look up as it happens. I've done it all before. So I read a lot, a lot when I was pregnant with Mia and obviously now I don't have time to read and I don't really need to because I mean, I'm sure there's things I'm forgetting, but with a quick Google, I can figure it out. Okay, so now this episode is just turning into prep. And I'm just going to keep going because it's on my mind. The other thing I want to talk a little bit about is meal and snack prep, especially when you have a toddler and you have to feed yourself and you're breastfeeding and you have a newborn. Oatmeal is really, really good for breast milk. So honestly, I'm an avocado toast kind of breakfast eater 
four bowls oatmeal breakfast eater and I will probably flip-flop that for myself um Mia loves eggs so if I'm doing like oatmeal for me she likes grits and veggie veggie sausages I can like make her that and make me a bowl of oatmeal and we're good to go or um, if I'm making myself eggs there's no reason why I can't make her eggs breakfast is an easy meal so in terms of meal prep I don't have to do a ton for breakfast Mia likes yogurt she likes string cheese she likes eggs she likes sausage like things I can easily like heat up and breakfast is generally quick she likes frozen waffles like easy things and, and she's a fruit eater um for snacks during the day I bought instead of buying like you know how you could buy a pack of goldfish or you could buy a pack of goldfish that's like individually wrapped like if your kid was going to school like you could do that with bags of chips. So I bought those and pretzels because she always asks for pretzels and goldfish. So I don't have to like stop, put it in a bowl, do all the things. It's like that set up. And then um, in terms of like um, lunch and dinner, because <laughs> those are the hard meals, right? Um, lunch is usually leftovers from dinner. In dinner, I can usually have Ethan watch Mia and hopefully just wear the baby, but you can make freezer meals ahead of time. Mac and cheese, you can do chili, you can do ziti or lasagna and like freeze that. You could do like a casserole. I'm not a casserole person. I don't really know about that life. Um, in terms of like easy, 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 uh, Stouffer's lasagna is a staple in my household. I'm not gonna lie. I've handmade lasagna numerous times, and I like to do it with Mia. It's one of her favorite things to make, but if we're being honest, <laughs> that's a lot of work, and it's so much easier to just get a Stouffer's lasagna and pop it in the oven, and then Ethan loves it, Mia loves it, I like it, it's fine. I think just the my biggest advice in terms of meals is whichever day you have the most help, if you have any help usually Sunday for me, um, is when I make my grocery list, get my groceries and meal prep. And that's the best way for us to do it. It'll be interesting to see if we struggle on frozen chicken nuggets for a while, or if it's fine. Um, luckily my husband cooks, so I don't have to like really stress about what we're going to eat. Like we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll eat what we normally eat and Ethan can make it instead of me. And that'll be that'll be it but because it's important after birth to really bond with your baby and to rest um because sleep does affect your milk supply so if you can sleep sleep um if you can pump pump I never pumped with Mia until she was like five months old and then I started pumping I'm currently pumping now trying to go into labor but Thanks to my doula, who's also a lactation consultant, <laughs> I know that I will be feeding baby and then immediately pumping afterwards and like keeping my supply up, but also getting a freezer supply as well. And um, that way, eventually there will come a day where I wouldn't go to the hair salon or I have to run to my own doctor's appointment six weeks later. And because of COVID, you can't bring ba your baby. Um, last time I brought Mia, I'll know he has a bottle and I won't have to worry.
the other thing, last thing, is, and this is my last advice for mamas who are having babies, just because I know there's a lot of us, is in terms of breast pumps, there is a, a myriad of the ones you can get. There's the Medela, there's the Spectra, there's the Meta, there's, um, I don't know, there's a ton. Um, a lot of them come with either, you can get it in a backpack, you can get it in a tote, you can get it freestanding. With Mia, I got the Medela and I got it in a tote and it worked perfectly for that season of my life. I was going to work. So I could put, everything was already attached. Everything was in the tote. You could either plug it in or use batteries for it. And it worked really well for me. Um, this time I got a smaller breast pump, the Ameda, really powerful. I've already used it a couple of times. Um, it charges and then you can take it anywhere. I don't feel the need to have a whole um, breast pump bag because I'm only going to be pumping pretty much at home or if I'm gone for, you know, more than four hours, I'll probably pump away from home. And it's so little, it can get thrown into a tote and it's really small. It's pretty quiet. It's, I actually really love it. It tells you how long you've been pumping for. Um, so get that. I will say that use Aeroflow to get your breast pump. Last time I got mine through Target, which is fine. You can get a pump through insurance. So if you have insurance, hopefully you do. I'm praying for you if you don't. You can get a breast pump for free um, and you can pretty much pick out what you want depending on your insurance. Mine allowed me to pick out whatever I wanted. Um, there was some that had upgrades and I was like, I don't need those. Um, but use Aeroflow and this is not a sponsor. I'm just saying Aeroflow is amazing. They do all of it. You just fill out your information, put in your insurance, put pick which pump you want, send them your address and they send it to you. They're also have like the pump accessories on there and so I bought like extra breast pump parts just out the jump just knowing that they can get ruined and um they also have like compression garments and things that insurance can cover I don't think a ton of people's insurance does cover it mine did cover it so I did get like some com compression garments just for afterbirth because you know Things are loose and you got to squeeze them back together. And that is my advice for new mamas. That's just some of the advice and things I've been thinking about in preparing for post-baby and what that looks like. So going back to the fact that I'm letting go and I'm just going to plan on having this, plan on having this induction. If he comes beforehand, I will be super excited Um I'm really happy, but if he doesn't, that's just the plan that God has for me. Um, what am I packing in my hospital bag for fun and stuff? This is what, especially during COVID. So I've, I mentioned this before, but since we're doing the whole prep work stuff now, let me say that I, um, my doula recommended wearing like throwaway clothes into the hospital because you are walking, at least for, for me, um, in order to get to the maternity ward, you have to work through, walk through like some general hallways. Also, because it's labor and delivery, people are coming in and out a lot. So I got, I picked out like some raggedy clothes to wear into the hospital to throw away. Um, 
It depends on how you want to do it. It depends on your comfort level with COVID. That way I'm just not bringing that stuff home. Once you're in your postpartum room, you usually have one nurse, maybe two, if like the, it's a shift change before you get to go home. And it's going to be the same person coming in and out to do everything, to check on you, to check on the baby. At least that's how it was for me. Um, I didn't, I, I wasn't meeting random people. So at that point, I'm obviously not throwing away my robe. I'm only packing one outfit that is doubling as my comfortable outfit and my going home outfit. Um, and it's October, so it, it involves comfy pants, a pair of socks, a nursing bra, um, a nursing tank top with a cardigan, and then I also packed a t-shirt in case it's like 77 degrees, because it is supposed to be 77 degrees on Thursday, and if I'm leaving the hospital, I don't want to be sweating and all that stuff. So that's literally the, the only outfit I'm packing, and a robe. So that way, if I just want to wear my robe after the baby, I can do that until I want to change or whatever. Ethan has a similar outfit. I packed him socks. Don't forget to pack your husband's socks. I almost did. Socks, um, a pair of sweats, a t-shirt, a pair of shorts, and boxers. We're walking into the hospital with our jackets. So um, I ordered both of us like some zip-up jackets to just throw on and walk out. If it's chilly out, throw that on. So I already have that if it's cold. And that's all in terms of clothes. Um we both have toiletry bags that just have general toiletry toiletry things. Uh, I did bring like a little bit of makeup. I'm not a heavy makeup wearer in general, but I did bring like mascara, lip gloss, um, my moisturizer, my cleanser, and that's pretty much it. I brought a hairbrush. I brought hairspray. I did bring a hair straightener and... <laughs> I don't know why. I don't think I'll have time or even will want to straighten my hair. But I, I'm a, I am a black chick. It could get poofy. And if it gets poofy, I wouldn't be able to unpoof it. So I did bring a straightener. Um, and obviously like deodorant lotion and things like that. I do have two bags for the hospital. One's like a really small suitcase. And one's like a shoulder weekender kind of style bag. And the weekender style bag is for labor. The suitcase is for postpartum. And so like in my labor bag, I have a speaker. I have an extension cord, um, like a power strip. And you're going to want that because there might be only one outlet that they let you use. And you're going to need multiple things to be plugged in. I did buy us new charge phone chargers that are six feet long because you're going to want to have your phone wherever you are. And the other thing is the port that I got is one that can fit two USBs. So both me and Ethan's charger, we have one USB. I mean, we have one like port, like brick, I call them ports, brick. And then you plug the, the cords into it, one of those, um, but two separate chargers. So we don't have to fight over that. And I also have in my labor bag, chapstick, more deodorant, um, a fan, like a church fan, because <laughs> it's going to get hot. Um, I also, what else is in there? I have, oh, this is where you don't necessarily need this. You might not want it. You might not care. I'm feely. So I got like flameless candles, like battery operated ones that smell pretty good. Like it's like if you sniff it, it smells like vanilla, but you're not going to smell it if I turn it on. I got those and I got 
these things for the bathtub because there is a tub I want to use and the the ground my doula advised me like it's gonna be hard on you to be on your hands and knees in that tub the whole time you might want something so I got like um these blow up like usually you use them in the bath for like neck pillows and things I got a couple of those to put my hands and knees on so that I'm not too uncomfortable if I end up in the tub and I also packed gum in the the labor bag and then I also packed wispies I think is what they're called or wisps and they're like little throwaway toothbrushes I took them to work like back when I was working just because like if you eat like some garlic for lunch you might want to like wipe your mouth out I don't want Ethan to be able to go have a snack and to come back smelling like food so to freshen up that way and that's pretty much what's in my labor bag um and then obviously I packed the baby two outfits and a blanket but that is all because I don't need five outfits for the baby and the hospital gives you a blanket, but I wanted him to have his own blanket, so I packed his blanket. And the way I packed his things is I folded it all together. So his outfits are folded up in the swaddle that I have and in a Ziploc bag. I also have a fuzzy, a thick blanket in case it is cold. Obviously, it might be cold. I'm going to want to cover up the baby when we go outside. It's the end of October at this point. Um, that is also in a Ziploc bag because... COVID and germs and all of the things. I don't need anything like touching anything. So that is how I've packed. I have um, also packed our shower shoes, which are flip-flops. The ones I bought were $5. I'm leaving them at the hospital and throwing them away. Same for Ethan. Says we're $5, leaving them at the hospital, throwing them away. Um, no need to keep those. Like, why would we ever need those again? I packed... Um, Oh man, I thought of one more thing though. Oh, I packed trash bags and I packed extra, like the big freezer gallon size Ziploc bags, a couple of those to throw whatever I need to throw in there. Um, trash bag for any dirty clothes that we need to like keep or save and um, whatever else that we need to have. Ethan packed a pillow. It's in a trash bag right now so that when we go in like there's nothing touching it like he can sleep on it it's from home I also did pack us two blankets because it is uncomfortable in there and because we are being induced we're going to be there for more than one night sleeping <laughs> so that's kind of like what I'm taking with me to the hospital it sounds like a lot of stuff but if you see and maybe I'll post the picture for this week's episode how I packed it it's nothing Ethan can carry it all by himself easily um, freely and we'll be able to walk in and we're pretty organized. The other thing I packed is um, like a reusable shopping bag kind of thing. Mine says like faith over fear over it. It's really cute. Got it online. But that is for any extra things I'm taking from the hospital. Because remember when you have a baby, they're going to give you a pack of diapers, a pack of wipes, a thermometer, one of those na nose sucker bulb thingies. Um, you'll have a couple of the blankets and whatever hat they put the baby on which is usually covered in goop because you just gave birth so like oh might not want to keep that hat I think I did keep Mia's hat but um 
I did bring my own hat for him for once he's clean. Um, he didn't, Mia didn't get a bath for like eight hours or something after she was born. And that's really good for them. So that's fine. Um, I'm not rushing to get, um, Ellie in a bath and whatever, just like whatever. They give you a lot of like paperwork and like information. So I got like one of those like reusable shopping bags because this stuff might not fit back into my bag once I unpack it. So anything that doesn't fit into it can fit into this reusable shopping bag and I can just take it home with me like that. And that's what I packed. Car seat's in the car. We're ready to go. And that's pretty much all my labor and delivery and prep. Oh, mamas who are having kids for the second time. And maybe you want these the first time. I didn't need them the first time. After you have a baby, you still have contractions. I forgot about that part. Thank God my friend reminded me. I got after ease. It's like this nasty liquid. It is gross. However, you can drop it into your water, under your tongue, however you want to take it. And it's going to help with those afterbirth contractions because those afterbirth contractions get worse with each child. I'm only on number two, so they're going to be worse, but at least I have those to kind of help me manage that pain. So remind your husband how much you're about to go through and how much you're going through because they might forget. You're like, just because I had a baby doesn't mean contractions then, honey, which is a joke and it's mean, but your uterus has to like go back to size or whatever. (sighs) So that was a lot of information for me to say. A lot of things for me to say. I can't breathe. It's hard to breathe. I don't know why he's so low, but that is all the information of what I'm taking to the hospital. I had this little emotional breakdown last night about it being like my last night with Mia. And literally, I'm in the hospital bed, guys, closing out this episode. But I wanted to say thanks so much for tuning in. You can... Um, follow me on Instagram at Brittany Jane Stewart. Don't forget to rate, review, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. You can find it all there. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.